The contribution of growth in reserves to savings was most pronounced around the time Mr. Bernanke sounded his warning. From 1998 to 2008, official foreign exchange reserves jumped from 5.2% of global GDP to 11.5%, powered by a steady rise in oil prices and reserve accumulation by China. During this period, reserve growth probably dominated other sources of saving. Research by Francis Warcom and Veronica Kadak Warnock of the University of Virginia suggests that reserve accumulation in the year to May 2005 alone reduced the yield on 10-year treasury bonds by 0.8% points. Reserve growth paused during the global financial crisis then resumed in the years after, reaching a peak of 15.2% of global GDP in 2013. Reserve cut thereafter and indeed fell slightly as share of GDP and a decline in the years ahead could not be ruled out. A protracted period of post-pandemic financial stress could force some emerging economies to deplete their reserves if economic strains and geopolitical tensions for Russia and China to draw down their hordes that might place upward pressure on interest rates. Yes, it is also possible that the pandemic will lead to a new surge in reserve. Yes, a shift to zero carbon energy may eventually doom fossil fuels wind holes, but the transitions might well mean high prices for oil and gas since new production is likely to stagnate. Meanwhile, the pandemic and its aftermath will probably reinvigorate the appeal of defensive foreign exchange reserves. During the financial panic of March 2020 and again in recent months, as straightened global conditions squeeze emerging markets, the economies which water stresses best were sold with ample foreign exchange reserves. This lesson has already been put to use. By the autumn of 2021, reserves were only 1 trillion higher than they were before COVID-19. The effects of reserve accumulation could also be offset by increased government borrowing. Government developments already high pre-pandemic have exploded over the past two years in 2000 alone. Public debt and share of GDP surged by nearly 20% points across advanced economies to 123% and nearly 10 points across emerging economies to 63%. Work by Lucas Rachel of the London School of Economics and Larry Summers of Harvard University recommends that over the past half century, rising government debt across rich economies pushed up interest rates by about 1.5 percentage points. This effect was more than balanced out by other factors in the past, but might not be in the decades ahead. A second stream of saving has flowed from the household and firms which have done best over the past few decades. Since the 1970s, inequality has risen across many economies, while their households have a higher propensity to save, so the shift in the distribution of income contributed to the saving lot. According to work by Alif Mayam of Princeton University, Ludwig Strauss of Harvard University, and Amir Sophie of the University of Chicago, from 1983 to 2019, 
the share of American income going to the top of 10% of income distribution rose by 15 percentage points their account because of the saving lot of the rich average annual saving by the top 1% of American earners alone has outstripped annual average net domestic investment since 2000. Increase in quality accounts for about 0.6 percentage points of the decline in rich world interest rates since the 1960, says Mary and Summers. High rolling households have not been alone in stockpiling savings. For, decade, for decades, corporations have been hoarding money as well, retaining a large share of their healthy net profits. According to Peter Chang of the Analysis Group, an economic consultancy, and Bernie Neyman of the University of Chicago, and Lucas Carabonis of the University of Minnesota, annual global coverage saving rose from less than 10% of world GDP to nearly 15% between 1980 and 2015, the corporate sector has been acting as a net lender to the global economy rather than as a net borrower from it. As with reserve accumulation, the relative importance of such factors has waxed and waned. Income inequality rose sharply from around 1980 to 2000. In the years since, it has leveled of in some economies like Britain's an increase at a slower pace in others like America. Corporate saving, in contrast, rose relatively slowly before 2000, came much faster thereafter. Firms salted away cash from increased profits. In America, for instance, corporate profits have hovered about 10% of GDP for most of the period since 2016, after never rising about 8% over the prior quarter century.